There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. Everyone has drama. Everyone has problems because there aren't any perfect people. But how much drama is too much drama? And what do you do when your triggers trigger your partner's triggers and things go from bad to worse, really bad, and they go from worse to ridiculous even faster? Now, how do you deal with those, what I call, toxic relationships? The quality of our lives depends on the quality of our relationships. But what is it that determines the strength or quality of our relationships? For over 20 years, I've been working in the trenches of relationship recovery and greatness. I empower people to take charge of their relationships and single-handedly bring about desired outcomes. This show cuts through the fluffy stuff and gets to the nitty-gritty of what makes a relationship work. I'm going to teach you practical tools and principles to transform the important relationships in your life and bring about greater satisfaction and fulfillment. Get ready to transform your life through the power of relationship skills. It's time for The Emil Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Emil Show. Toxic relationships are when two people in a relationship become reactive to each other's reactions. They're in this defensive, defensive cycle. And no matter what is said to defend yourself, the other person gets defensive and things escalate. They are either unwilling or unable to keep their composure in certain situations. And those situations are usually when someone's frustrated, disappointed, miffed, bugged, upset, and they get defensive, and the other person gets defensive, right? They get in that defensive cycle. So as a result, these people in these relationships, they, they start walking on eggshells when things are going good because they don't know what it's going to take. It's a, it's a look. It's a word. It's a tone. And then, boom, things go bad real quick. You know, most people in toxic relationships, they know they're in a toxic relationship because it feels rather toxic. And they complain about what their partner does that makes it toxic. And so they they think that by acknowledging the toxicity that it actually creates change in the relationship. That doesn't that's not how it works. Knowing that you're in a toxic relationship doesn't actually provide you with the tools and the perspective and the strategies to get out of the toxicity. However, today is your lucky day because everybody has a touch of toxicity. Okay, everyone's got a little bit of some. And the tools that we have will help us get out of those toxic moments. But we need to know what those moments, those, those elements, those attributes or characteristics of a toxic relationship are. And if we break those down into smaller, more manageable pieces, then we can know what to do to escape the toxicity of the relationship. So here are five what I call pathological or personality traits that contribute to toxic relationships. Now, any one of these can be enough in and of itself to create a toxic relationship. 
You start combining these things, now we're increasing the likelihood of a toxic relationship, even if any one of them isn't that intense. So let's do number one. Number one is strong, mismatched attachment styles. So if you have a strong or an intense anxious attachment or mixed attachment style, which means that you need more closeness for security and you handle difficulties, go back to my uh, attachment style podcast, but the anxious attachment style is, is when there is a disruption in the comfort of the relationship, a disappointment, a myth, or a bug, the anxious attachment style seeks greater closeness by resolving it quickly. Now, if I have someone who's got an avoidant attachment style, what they're going to do is they're going to shut down, pull away. That's the anxious slash avoidant attachment style clash. You get two people that have that and there's going to be fireworks. As soon as an issue happens, the anxious one wants to have the conversation. The avoidant one wants to avoid the conversation. Well, the more avoidance, the more anxious the other one becomes. And so one trigger triggers the other trigger and that creates a volatile interaction until finally there's an explosion of sorts. If people are stuck in that attachment style clash, then they're going to be stuck in the toxicity because they're not able to gather enough personal composure and then respond appropriately. What about someone who has got borderline personality features? Okay, I, I hate just saying someone who's got borderline personality disorder. Let's just say that they've got some of those features. And the, the features of that is a pattern of, I feel a sense of unworthiness to be loved, yet I have a strong desire to be loved. So when I feel like I'm being loved and there is a pursuit to get greater connection with me and I'm feeling that sense of closeness and attachment, this violates my feeling of being worthy to be loved and therefore I start pushing you away. I'm feeling like I'm losing myself. So I'm going to push you away, which creates frustration in the person. But if there's too much distance, then if I have that borderline-y kind of tendency, well, then I want to create greater closeness. And there's a variety of strategies that I might use to create greater closeness from seduction to guilt trips. And that creates a constant sense of discomfort because we have no consistency in stability. All right, what about number three? Narcissistic personality disorder traits. Well, if I'm, if I'm a narcissist, I don't really have the ability to see my own contributions to the relationship problems because I'm loyal to the perspective of my, I'm different, I'm unique. If you see me as being problematic, then you don't understand my true intentions. Because if you understood my truest intentions, which I actually justify a lot of my behaviors with, then you wouldn't be so upset. That's the narcissistic personality contribution to these toxic relationships. It means that the other person can't bring up issues. And in fact, they get more frustrated and disappointed. And so when they bring up those issues with the narcissist, that narcissist is going to shoot those down, maybe even flip it on them. 
So these are some tendencies that can contribute to a toxic relationship. That feeling of being stuck where you're triggering each other's triggers. How about just some old-fashioned codependency? That old-fashioned codependency is the, the feeling that a person's success or their worth is connected directly to getting the positive regard of the other person. I'm committed to getting my partner to love me. I need my partner to love me or I'm a terrible human being. This idea makes the commitment to the other person, okay, the partner, a higher priority than their commitment to the principles of a healthy relationship and individual mental health. All right, number five, uh, just a lack of skills. Since there's no good, like, perfect model of a relationship, what ends up happening is, is just people don't get taught how to deal with frustrations and disappointments. And in that, in that situation, they go into what's natural called being defensive. And defensiveness, if I invalidate the person, which makes them feel more defensive, if that pattern gets solidified, it takes less and less effort and energy to go there. So one piece of defensiveness kicks into someone else's defensiveness, and they are built around a solid sense of insecurity. So I defend my sense of insecurity by pointing out how wrong you are or by explaining myself and justifying my behavior, which then, of course, makes the other person feel invalidated for why they feel hurt and frustrated in the first place. So they reiterate their point of view and perspective even with greater velocity, intensity, and temperature. And they get stuck in that quickly. Thus, toxic relationship. So what is it in all these things that makes a toxic relationship? Here are five components that contribute to toxic relationships. And for each one of these, I want you to kind of take a mental snapshot a little bit, evaluation. For each one, I want you to take a mental evaluation from one to five in intensity. All right, here we go. Number one, lack of respect. In a toxic relationship, there is often a general lack of respect between partners. And they feel like it's justified. Respect needs to be earned. And if I don't think you've earned it, then I reserve giving you that respect, which comes across in my behavior. My lack of respect is I might be demeaning or belittling, constantly criticizing or henpecking, okay, or just nitpicky. And that disrespectful behavior is in themes of like, I'm mocking, I'm insulting, dismissive of the other person's thoughts. When a person is being disrespectful, they kind of have a, an air of superiority. And then they justify that with the narrative that they deserve to kind of regard their partner as deserving less um, good interpretations. And so as a, as a consequence, 
there's this constant negativity and contempt for the other person. And if you know anything about Dr. Gottman, contempt is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, the four horsemen of the apocalypse is like the end of days. So it's the end of the marriage. When you start seeing the four horsemen of the apocalypse or these four traits, contempt, stonewalling, uh, criticisms, defensiveness, I think those are the four. When we start to see those things in the relationship, that's the sign that things are coming to an end. And lack of respect, one of the four horsemen that shows up is contempt. All right, number two is constant conflict. Because people don't have the skills of being able to resolve these issues with confidence, they build up a bunch of resentment. And unresolved issues turn into resentments. And since there's so many different issues that haven't been resolved, they're easier to slip into these patterns of conflicts. Well, this is how things have always been, and you're just like this, and you always do these kinds of things, and we can slip into that place really quick. And that's a sign of a toxic relationship. Arguments and disagreements, of course, are normal in normal, healthy relationships. But when they become recurring patterns, and then and then are characterized by like guilt trips and manipulation, instead of trying to find common ground and understanding, boom, dude, we, we have crossed the threshold from just an intense conflict. Now we're moving into toxicity. The devotion of the interaction of each individual is defending themselves. See, this is where the second horseman of the apocalypse shows up. They defend themselves instead of trying to understand the other person. If we try to understand the other person, that totally changes the process of the interaction. So understanding actually becomes one of the solutions. All right, number three is control and manipulation. Toxic relationships, they often involve one partner exerting control and manipulating the other. We see this with narcissism, people just with super insecurity. They try to control the other person by giving guilt trips or making them feel like they're doing something wrong. So this is this emotional manipulation. Guilt trips like, well, you spend too much time with your friends and not enough time with me. So guess what? Now I'm isolating you from your friends or family or whomever. Uh, there's also uh, financial control tactics. I control the money, which makes it very unequal and unfair in the relationship. If I'm insecure, and I think control will actually help me get security, which actually doesn't work, but if I'm feeling insecure in my relationship, exerting control and then like using interrogation tactics like, well, where were you? What did you do after the softball game? Well, what took you so long? Why were you there so long? Who'd you talk with? Who else was there? Those types of interactions start to become a wet blanket around the fire of desire for that person to want to be with you. And that becomes toxic. And what's interesting about that flavor of toxicity is that toxicity is a quiet, toxic relationship. That brings me to number four, a lack of support. 
instead of encouragement, instead of being positive and complimentary, okay? Instead of being positive and complimentary, partners start to undermine each other, compete against each other. And instead of working as a team, they're trying to bring the other person down or make themselves look better. That creates a sense of emotional instability in the relationship. Another silent, toxic approach, the lack of support. Number five is emotional or physical abuse. I hate even talking about the physical part. It just, it's, it's a very dark place. When you're getting into the physical abuse piece, we know that someone has gone way too far across the boundaries of self-respect. No self-respecting person can have any kind of physical abuse. I'm not trying to minimize the emotional abuse, but there's just another level, okay? Another boundary broken. Saying mean things is one thing, which is not okay, but hurting someone physically, uh, that's more than just things coming out of your mouth. That's a different muscle. Any form of abuse, emotional, verbal, physical, is an indication, a clear indication of a toxic relationship. People are losing control. So that's the emotional or physical abuse element. If it's demeaning or critical or or hurtful and it's done to cause emotional or physical pain, okay, we're now in the toxic relationship realm. So those are the five things that make a toxic relationship. Now, for each one of those things, I hope you kind of rated yourself from like one to five. And if your score is like above a 10, you need to reach out, get some help. You might need some support to break out of some of these patterns that you're stuck in because no one likes to be stuck in those patterns. Now, I also have to add that it's important to remember that just because you might have one or two of these things that are going on at a low level, it doesn't mean you have a toxic relationship. It means that your relationship needs some attention and it's and it needs some care. But toxic relationships are actually more characteristic of being stuck in a negative cycle and having a very, 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 very difficult time getting out. And those cycles are so easy to get into. And when the triggers, you know, my response to a trigger triggers my, the response to my partner's triggers, which responds to my triggers and triggers me, that's going to be a toxic relationship. When people are unable or unwilling, and sometimes we can't tell, if they're either unable and or unwilling to hold themselves accountable for taking the time to really, really understand the other person instead of getting defensive. Okay, right? Which defensiveness is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, of Gottman's four horsemen apocalypse. Then in all honesty, they're not emotionally mature. They're not emotionally healthy enough to be in a marriage. Okay, this doesn't mean they shouldn't be be in a marriage that they're in, well, maybe, you know what, let me take that back. They shouldn't. That doesn't mean they should get out of the marriage. That's what I'm trying to say. 
is if you're unable or unwilling to hold yourself accountable to respond in a way that's understanding rather than defensive, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be married. But if you are married, then maybe you need to light a fire underneath your feet or wherever you need to put that fire to get the help that you need so that you're not miserable either in the relationship. It means that you need to figure the stuff out that needs to be figured out so you can be emotionally healthy, emotionally mature enough and have the skills to deal with those moments that are extremely painful, but they're so simple like just being misunderstood or feeling insecure, or feeling slighted, or being ignored. Those things make us feel insecure. And when we feel those sense of insecurities, we need to have enough self-security, emotional maturity, to be able to postpone getting defensive or upset. And we need to take the time to do something different. We need to take the time to understand And that's the solution. Postponing, fighting for, you know, vindication or understanding, you know, to be understood. Postponing that desire to fight for what you think is your perspective and instead take the time to understand the other person is not only the solution, but it's the training program for self-confidence, self-discipline self-esteem. So what can you do when you find yourself in a toxic relationship? Focus on yourself. Start with you. You're the person that can make all the difference. Prepare for the next time you get triggered. Take a second and you could write down some things that happen that push your buttons. Okay, those are the triggers. When this happens, oh, that, when he says that, oh, when she says, when they do these things, that's when I get triggered. So you list out your triggers, and then what you do is you design how you want to respond to them in a way that is understanding the other person. Not defending yourself, but you write out how you want to respond that validates and helps the other person feel heard and understood. You write that out. And then you look for the moments in real life when those things happen, and then you practice it. And you just keep doing that for as many triggers as you can think. And what we're doing is we're taking control of the way we show up in a relationship. And when we change the way We show up in a relationship, we change the relationship. If you struggle at doing these things, if you just really are having a hard time doing this, then that's an indication that you probably need some extra help. And you you find a therapist that you can trust. And you you let them know what kind of a, a struggle you're having and the triggers that you're having. Show them the work that you've done and you'll blow their minds. They'll absolutely love it. 
having motivated uh, clients are probably one of the most fulfilling experiences that a therapist can have. So if you're struggling with this, just reach out to a therapist. Find someone and they can help you transform your relationship, even if you're starting all by yourself. For those of you who would like to learn more about how to learn how to change your relationship all by yourself, I'm giving away my book, The Power of One, The Power of Love. And so I didn't know which one to label it, so it's called The Power of One slash Love. Um, Terrible title in terms of searchability, but I love the title in that it really truly captures that the power of one using the power of love can literally change the relationship all by themselves. So get get a free download of that ebook simply by going to emilharker.com and clicking on the power of love. I'm glad you hung out with me today in learning new ways of communicating. I hope this is helpful to you. If you've got questions that you would like me to to address, feel free to email those questions to me, email at emilharker.com, and in the subject, put the email show question or the email show idea, and I would love to see some of your thoughts and talk to you about some of the things that are going on in your life and uh, make a, a deeper connection with the people that are listening and have subscribed to this channel. The Emo Show.